Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. We get up, we walk, we sit, we get up, we walk, we sit, repeat. Up, walk, sit, repeat, up, walk, sit, repeat. When we are in meditation, when we're in zazen, we get a brief moment or two of just this. When we're sitting in zazen, we get a moment of just this, just this. No label, just this. And then we leave home. We get caught up in our bullshit again. Labeling, judging, bored. I hate this retreat. This is not what I signed up for. Too many rituals, too many black robes. It's not a spa weekend. I thought I was going to get a personal weekend. Signed up for the wrong one. But can you be here? Can you be right here with what it is, even if it's 100% different to what you had thought it was going to be? Can you just be right here and sit with the difficulty, the difficulty of disappointment or uncertainty or what I decided to stay, but now I feel kind of weird because I don't know what they're doing. Most of us don't know what we're doing most of the time. Right? We just follow along. And God knows it changes moment by moment by moment. I was supposed to give the talk tomorrow morning. And here we are doing it tonight. Changing. Nothing fixed. And can we be open to that? Can we be open to nothing fixed? Just for a few days, being here. And then we come back. We're off somewhere in our bullshit, our nonsense, our mishigas. And then we come back. That moment of awareness. Ugh, look where I am. That's my ticket home. That's my return ticket, that moment. When, ah, ah, come back to my breath. That glimpse of color that Dorothy witnessed when she came home. Oh, suddenly it's a different color, many colors. A glimpse of my true nature, perhaps. Sitting, coming back, sitting, leaving, returning. Oh, look at what I glimpsed for just a moment. It could be different. We are on our third day of Commit to Sit, on our fourth day of Commit to Sit. Um, Are we on our third day or our fourth day? We're on our third day. 
So that means there are 87 more days left. Or 86, depending on who you're listening to. If you don't know what our Commit to Sit practice is, if, if you're, you're here for the first time or you didn't check in with the, the website, we have um, this 90-day ongo period uh, where we commit to sitting for 90 days um, in any way that we are able to do to commit to five minutes, 10 minutes a day to find time just to sit and be in our meditation practice. Um, that would be in addition to what you're already sitting if you're coming to the center and you have your practice. You know, just committing if, you, if this is not your practice. So try this on. Every morning you'll get a, a line or two or a paragraph from Koshin's book, um, Wholehearted. It's definitely Coca-Cola. <laughs> um, You'll get a line or two, or a paragraph from Koshin's book, Wholehearted, and there'll be a reflection for each day, for you to keep with you for the day and uh, work with. So if you haven't signed up for that, you could go on the website and you still have 87 days left to do that. Um, yeah, so that's our commit to sit. Um, traditionally, the monks would go into three months of silence. It's ango period, but we've diluted it. Because who has three months in this day and age to just go off and sit in a monastery? Not many of us. Um, Koshin and I used to uh, spend five weeks a year in uh, mostly silence. And I can't imagine doing three months. Am I speaking softly again? <laughs> to remember to speak loudly. On Thursday, thank you, Koshin talked about the days of being a lone wolf. Is it too loud? Okay. Uh, Koshin talked about, I think it's a little too loud for me anyway. It's not? Okay, all right. Okay, okay, okay. Good. Okay. Is this okay now? Yeah, okay. I keep forgetting that it's not about me. <laughs> it's about <laughs> Okay, got it. It's not about me. <laughs> On Thursday, Koshin talked about his days of being a lone wolf in the world, which for a while worked. And then came the realization that in life, Almost everything is difficult when you're doing it alone. It's much more difficult when we're doing things alone, without help. We need community, which is what we have here. This beautiful hall filled with practitioners, new practitioners, Shinzan was talking about this morning, brand new, around for 30 years, 20 years. We're all beginning, no matter where we are, we're all beginning each day fresh and new, just as each moment. So here we are, 
this beautiful, beautiful community. Some of you will never see again. In this uh, order, in this configuration. In fact, we'll never see each other again in this configuration. This is the only time this will be like this. So community is so important. When you leave here, if you haven't found your community yet, please work on it. It's much easier to practice. There's a story from, of the Japanese monk, Hashimoto, who died in something like 65, 67, something like that. Um, and he said, the way we cook, Japanese, the way we Japanese cook, is to prepare each ingredient separately. Rice is here, pickles are there, and all the other ingredients are placed here, there, and everywhere. And when we make the soup, we put them all together. But when you put them in your stomach, you don't know which is which. You don't know where the pickles, which is the seasoning. You just, it's all there in your tummy. As long as soup, rice, pickles remain separate, they're not working. You are not being nourished. That is like your intellectual understanding or book knowledge. It remains separate from you and your life. So when you're keeping all these ingredients separate, it's not nourishing. It's only when you put them all together that you're living in your life. So you could say that when you're keeping your practice separate from your life, from your relationships, you know, my relationships are here, my work is there, my practice is here, you're not living your life. You're not nourishing yourself. You're running from this, oh, I'll, do my, I'll sit three days a week, three times a week, then I'm going to, you know, date night four times a week, and then whatever it is over here, work once in a week. <laughs> <laughs> That's how much attention I'll give to everything. But how can you just bring it all together? Some you'll appreciate more than others. But when it's all in the bowl, mixed together, that's where the nourishment comes. Hmm. Our practice is... Um, oops. You know, this is nourishing our practice is so important too. To, to really, again, noticing what is in front of me, where am I right now? You could be sitting out there on the dock, you know, just contemplating the river Hudson and watching the barges go by, you know, just doo -doo 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 -doo. And not even aware of the paradox of West Point Military Cadet Center on the other side of the river and the monastery behind us. How weird is that, right? Here I have Garrison behind me and everybody's kind of like eating vegetarian food and meditating. 
and on the other side of the river, they're training to kill, it, to kill people. And in between us, all there is in between us is this river and these barges. But think about that. Think about how close we are to that insanity. I can say I have, you know, with all my sitting, I can say I have Buddha nature, because I'm such a perfect meditator, and I come to the zendo every day, and I've got my robes, and you know, I just sit so perfectly upright. Whatever, right? Sitting on the dock, and just, or sitting in my home, on my cushion, by myself. It's not it. It's not as valuable as sitting in community. It's great to meditate by yourself sometimes, you know. It's not denigrating that in any way. But I'm emphasizing how it is to sit with community, how important that is. Koshi mentioned um, Kobodaishi said that you can tell the depth of someone's enlightenment by how they serve others. So whether it's tutoring someone, picking up groceries for someone in the apartment building that they can't get outside because of the snow, saying good morning to the homeless person on the street every morning on 23rd Street at the station there. <clears throat> that is being of service, validating someone's presence. Good morning. How are you? That's, in my mind, serving others. Just seeing them, not separating. Getting out of my own way for just a minute just a moment or two, an hour or two. Wouldn't it be great if we could do that for a day or two, get out of your own way? Hmm. I want to almost finish with a beautiful story of Buddha nature, true nature, being of service in the world. It's a story, it's beautiful and heartbreaking at the same time. Anton Schmid was an Austrian soldier serving in the German army. He saved more than 250 Jews from being exterminated. He disobeyed his superior officers and helped these men women and children escape by hiding them and supplying them with false identification papers. Sergeant Schmidt's actions reveal what it means to realize one's true nature. To realize, to get it. While in prison waiting to be executed, Schmidt wrote to his wife of the horror of seeing children beaten as they were herded into ghettos, 
to be shot. Think of the children being herded into ghettos today, into cages, to camps. So he wrote to his wife from prison, you know how it is with my soft heart. I could not think and had to help them witnessing the Nazis' acts of inhumanity. That was the gift that opened my heart so deeply. It was his spontaneous realization of his true nature that led to his self-sacrificing realization Schmidt was executed by the Nazis for his acts of kindness, for his acts of humaneness. What an incredible act of selflessness, of being fully in his Buddhahood. And not some saint, he just happened to be thrown into this situation, serving in the, in the Nazi army and then suddenly turning. The last letter he wrote to his wife, I merely behaved as a human being. I merely behaved as a human being. Wow. How will you realize your true nature? Hmm? in this lifetime? Hmm? Are you willing to look at and cut out your bullshit? Give it up and try your best, the best you can to live in awareness, to notice what's going on around you in this world today. You don't have to go over to West Point and join the cadets over there. You don't have to go into a monastery. You just have to be awake. And this practice will help you realize awakeness. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about sainthood, just awakeness. So be good to yourself this evening. If you want to stay when we've finished, stay and sit another period of zazen in this beautiful room. Maybe sit more than one period. <laughs> Maybe you'll wake up before you go to sleep this evening. I don't always like to wake people up.
decided to do it. Just to be cussed. Wake up. Just ride that wave that Shinzan was talking about earlier. Ride that wave of, I got this, I don't got this, fooling myself, got this, don't got this. Keep returning home. Just keep returning home, knowing that you'll leave. And here, breath, come back, breath. Hey, this, come back, breath. Home, leaving, home, leaving, return. That's all you gotta do. And don't run yourself into some hole in the backyard, because I'm not doing it correctly. I can't get this, it's too difficult. Just keep returning, keep returning. I'm gonna end for sure now with this very short poem by Raymond Carver. It's called Late Fragment. And did you get what you wanted from this life? Even so, I did. And what did you want? To call myself beloved. To feel myself beloved on the earth. Thank you.